This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning and welcome to Community Connection. We are very happy to have you here with us on this bright Monday morning. And to kick off the show, we have some folks from St. James and one of them is Ann Weigel. Her and I were colleagues at DACC for many years. Our daughters became friends at a basketball camp and um, just kind of kept in contact ever since Anne retired and then I retired. And so she brought a project to me that sounded very interesting and I wanted to make sure that I brought to you. And of course, St. James, a longstanding church in Danville, very important to our community. Lots of activities happen there. You know, I don't know how many times I've been there for um, the, the Christmas madrigals and just other events that, that again, open to the community. The, you know, I think of the uh, Martin Luther King activity day. You always hold that there. So, so lots of community outreach. So we are very glad to talk with them this morning, learn about what they're doing, meet their pastor, Don, and just have a good conversation. So, Anne, welcome to our show today. Well, thank you for the invitation. Well, again, we're happy to have you here. We're always anxious to learn about what's going on in the Vermilion County area, Ileana area. And so um, activities at church, definitely a part of that. So we would like to start with meeting Pastor Don. So Pastor Don, welcome to our community. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pastor Don, tell us about your background. <laughs> I've been a United Methodist pastor for over 43 years. Uh, and I moved here from outside of Jacksonville and happy to be here in Danville. Which Jacksonville? Jacksonville, Illinois. Okay, over, because yeah, over I was thinking, I was thinking Florida or. Oh, no, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> you might not have come here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you would definitely wouldn't want to miss the snow, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we are happy to have you in the community. Um, so tell us about the leadership at St. James right now, because obviously there's been some retirements. Catch us up. Um, well, you want to speak to that because you've been around longer than me. Sure. Well, as you may know, in the United Methodist tradition, uh, the uh, pastors are assigned through the district and the conference. And uh, when our uh, pastor of 12 years, Randy Robinson, retired uh, this June, uh, Pastor Don was assigned to the Danville um congregation and we're very very pleased about that mm -hmm. okay well again welcome to our community we're glad to have you here mm -hmm. so um let's talk about before we get into the the project that we're going to focus on today tell us about saint james tell us a little bit about the history and just information about what you do in the community yeah um well you're right we've been around a long time and we are approaching 200 years of ministry here so um, in that time, I can't tell you personally about all that 200, but in the more recent history, for example, we have kind of our signature service project to the community is our food pantry, and we serve over 1,000 people each month um, with groceries that they uh, pack into their car and drive away from. It's a new uh, new model of our food pantry after uh, the pandemic, but 
we have been doing that for 15 years, uh, almost 15 and a half now. So that requires many volunteers throughout the community, not just St. James, but we collaborate with um, other churches to make this happen. And during that, for example, in the past, we have offered flu shots in the fall. We have offered um, the COVID-19 vaccine. So we really try to keep our community uh, in mind in all of our ministries. Um, we also, as you said, host the madrigals and a lot of other things at St. James. Um, we have had um, a partnership with the school, which we hope to reestablish soon, mentoring children. Um, which has been quite exciting. We were involved with the startup of Fair Hope and still has several board members. Fair Hope is a ministry for uh, children and uh, families, and that's been going on since 2004. Uh, we donated a couple of lots to uh, Habitat for Humanity and helped build two homes there several years ago. And then uh, of course, you mentioned the MLK Junior Service, um, which we've been hosting for, I think, over 40 years. And uh, we have, of course, not just local ministries, but in uh, kind of a worldwide sense, we uh, support an orphanage in Liberia, West Africa, have done that for over 10 years. So we think that um, St. James is a church of deep faith and we are, we really rely on God, uh, other members of the Christian faith to um, help provide for people locally and globally What for what can seem overwhelming sometimes, but um, those are resources entrusted to us that we like to uh, share with others. Definitely. So, Pastor Don, you must be pleasantly surprised um, to come into a church that does so much community outreach. Yeah, this is pretty typical, and most of our United Methodist churches are involved with outreach. Uh, the church I was serving in, we also had a homeless shelter in our building that was 24-7, that was open to families. And uh, and so we, most of our United Methodist churches are reaching out into the community. And as pastors, we're not just signed to a local church, but we're assigned to a community. So my my ministry is for the whole community here in Danville, Familiar County, if I want to really extend that. So it's very, very good. Yeah. Well, let's take our first break and then we'll come back and continue the conversation. Welcome back to Community Connection. Today we have St. James with us. We have Ann Waggle and Pastor Don Long, and we are talking about just what the, the church is about, different things that they do. Um, we were just talking about some of the community activities. And Ann, I'm not surprised to hear about the COVID clinic or the, the flu shots, because of course, with your nursing background, I, I know that health is important to you. Yes, it certainly is um, at all levels. But if we can help uh, with safety and health in our community, we'll certainly do that as well. I need to share with you, my name is Pastor Don Jackson. We do have a Pastor Don Long in our conference, <laughs> but I'm Don Jackson. 
Thank you so much, Anne. Excuse <laughs> the excuse the mistake That's there. Um, thank you for clarifying that. Yes. So we are very happy to have you here, Pastor Don Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, okay, I'm blushing now. I'm so sorry about that. Um, no, it's okay. Pastor Don Jackson, there you, you want to make sure we have that name correct. So um, talking about the food pantry, you know, like literally when I go to the store, I just about fall out. You know, I can't believe the prices. I was having my husband guess the price of cottage cheese yesterday. And, you know, he he never goes to the store. So he he's just shocked to, to see the food bill for just the two of us. And, you know, I think about families and, and the amount of money it takes just for that part of it. I mean, goodness. So the food pantry is definitely something that's a huge need in our community. There are several other uh, food pantries. I want to say 15, 18 other food pantries in Vermillion County. So a lot of people are working to uh, help with food insecurity in our area. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hear you hear the term now food desert and it really kind of is that. And so thank you for being willing to do that and keep this going. So if somebody's listening today and they know somebody that may need to access the food pantry, how do they do that? What practically when does it meet and how do they apply? Every month we meet on the third Wednesday. It begins at two o'clock and we it's a drive through. And so if they come to the church, say, 1.30, then they will see the lines uh, developing. And we have outdoor ushers, if you will, that will help them get into line. Um, if they're a first-time person, they fill out a form. And um, we use the uh, food bank as so while we're outside filling cars, there are people inside with computers putting all the information into the um, computers. And that's part of how we get the food that we do through the Eastern Illinois Food Bank. But we also have some fairly major donors in the community um, that help to provide food as well. Okay, and good information. Even though, even though it's the third Wednesday of the month by... Next week, we will be setting up in our community room and filling bags. There's a lot of prep work involved, too. So that's where the volunteers come in. And Mike and Carol Olson are the uh, directors of the food bank since its inception in uh, 15 years ago. Uh, and they do a great job of getting support, uh, getting volunteers, uh, getting food. They make a couple of trips to Bloomington each month. Um, we have fresh foods, vegetables, fruits, meats, eggs, sometimes milk, butter, cheese. So those things, it's not just canned foods or box foods. Very good. Good information. Thank you for that. So, Anne, you contacted me about a project that you're working on right now. Tell us about it. Yes, we are seeking to uh, install a community labyrinth. A labyrinth could be considered as a prayer walk although it's not just for the Christian faith. It's used by a variety of, of individuals, um, and it's, it dates back um, to thousands of years ago. A labyrinth is not a maze. There is only one way in, one way out of a labyrinth, and you just follow the path. And it's, it's kind of a walking meditation type of thing so that uh, people 
come, walk the labyrinth, leave. They can come in groups. It's it's a, a meditating, um, and it is definitely a spiritual experience, something that um, you honestly don't have to be religious to walk a labyrinth. Um, so we are we are looking for funding. We want uh, various uh, entities in the community. Uh, we're, we're welcoming their contributions. We don't want it to be a St. James labyrinth that is funded by, supported by. Um, we're donating the land, and we will definitely use volunteer labor, but we want other entities in our community to be able to contribute so they have a part of it and then they realize it's for them. We don't want it to be St. James uh, labyrinth that they can use, but we want it to be their labyrinth that they're always welcome to come. Uh, it will be outdoors uh, across the street from St. James to the west on a lot that we have there by the parking lot. Um, we will have local construction folks to dig the foundation, put the foundation in and pour a disc. It will be about a 48 foot diameter labyrinth modeled after the Chartres Cathedral in France. And um, then a national artisan labyrinth artisan will come and actually put the artwork on the um, Labyrinth. So we're, we're very excited about this. Right now we are raising funds. There are several um, grant entities right now that are open and we hope to raise funds through December and then um, in spring we've uh, made some agreements with a contractor to begin the work. Of course spring can be kind of um, questionable as far as weather but and then the National Labyrinth Artisan will come in early summer and complete the work uh, and we'll have a, a dedication and so forth. And we're very excited about um, how this can continue established um, collaboration and begin others with schools, hospitals. Uh, labyrinths have been known to decrease stress, uh, to be a real health health awareness type of thing. And you just kind of dump your issues on the labyrinth. And then, uh, so it, it's, it's really exciting. I hope, I hope others will use this well. So it sounds pretty fancy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty plain, really. It's a concrete uh, disc with a labyrinth uh, drawn on with a type of cement. There's a lot of geometrics involved with this. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. Again, from the nursing standpoint, the inner ear is called the labyrinth. And on a labyrinth, as you make a walk, you will make as many right turns as you will left turns. So there's no way that you will get dizzy, have vertigo, disturb the inner ear. It's, um, it's, it's a geometric kind of mystery how it's all put together. But yeah. Where did the idea come from, Ann? Well, we've, we've sat on that idea for several years, actually. Uh, several of us, there's a team of us that are working together and uh, we've been meeting. Uh, the idea was approved by our trustees and our church council. And um, yeah, it's just an idea that's out there. We visited uh, a labyrinth over it near the Carl Guest House in Urbana. We think that may be the closest permanent labyrinth here. 
Um, and then there's one in Lafayette that was uh, built, established in 2015 by the city of Lafayette. We visited that one. Um, there's a couple of in, in Indianapolis, St. Louis, but this would be one that we could use here at home. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and I'm just thinking of the proximity to downtown and kind of the bustling area. You all are fairly close to the downtown area. I can see this being a place where people could come down on their lunch hours, um, spend time there, or, or just in general, kind of in the center of the city, easy to get to. Yes, I appreciate that comment. We are definitely in the city, and that's one of our um characteristics of our church. We are in the city and um, we hope that people will drop by and use it. But the church does not have to be open. They can come anytime. And there's some lighting there um, at the parking lot so they can use they can use it at dusk uh, before the sun is quite up in the morning. It'll be open 24-7. It's also accessible. I need to say that. We have used a canvas um, labyrinth during Holy Week in our church before, in our community room, our gymnasium. But it's it's kind of tricky because the labyrinth that's out of canvas has wrinkles in it, and people can trip over it. I've also seen labyrinths made out of stone, mulch, and those are difficult to navigate sometimes. This will be cement and people with walkers, wheelchairs, uh, that have trouble um, with mobility, children, older folks, everyone will be able to use the labyrinth. It will be accessible. Mm-hmm. It sounds beautiful. Let's take our last break and then we'll come back and finish the show. Welcome back to the final segment of Community Connection. We have folks from St. James here. We have Pastor Don and Ann Waggle, and they've been talking about community outreach and then a project that they're working on with the Labyrinth. Um, so, Ann, uh, you know, again, it sounds great. And when you're talking about the cement padding, I was exactly thinking that. So folks who have accessibility issues, it should be easy for them to navigate so they can participate. Yes, yes, that's that is a big part of what we're doing here. Uh, about five years ago, St. James put on an addition so that people can come in and there's access in and out and up and down. And we want to continue that even though the labyrinth will not be in the church, we want to continue that um, of having it accessible. That's very important mm-hmm. to us. So, you know, talking about your new addition, it's beautiful. I had the opportunity to be in there um, when I came for the MLK Day celebration, and, you know, I just noticed that it's very beautiful. So, uh, yeah, congratulations on that. That that was a lot of work. Well, thank you. Uh, it is a beautiful area, and as you say, a lot of people use it. The Madrigals, uh, the barbershop chorus meets here. There's just so many things that happen every day at St. James, and um, anyone is welcome anytime. Uh, you can come for a service. We have a 10 o'clock worship and praise uh, traditional service. And then we have an 1120 um, praise and worship contemporary service. Uh, the traditional is in the um, sanctuary. And we use the organ and piano. And Methodists love to sing, from what I can tell. And 
in the 1120 contemporary service, there's a praise band that's beautiful too. So music is something that we feel like we do very well. Um, you may know uh, Mark and Marty Lindvall, and they head up our music here, and we're very, very blessed to have them and, of course, many volunteers in the music program with bells and orchestra and choirs and um, music is something that I enjoy at St. James. Well, very glad to hear that. And, yep, of course, we know the Lynn Walls. They are great musicians and yes. great community yes. advocates. Yes. So, Pastor Don, um, people are listening today. They may not have a church home. Would you like to talk with them about maybe attending your church? Yeah, I have found St. James to be a very open church. It's very inclusive. It's welcoming to all people. Um, it's a very inviting, as Sam talked about the building, it's very inviting for folks to be able to come here. Those who might have some disability issues, you're easy to get into the building. We have an elevator. And uh, so we're very accessible. Uh, we're an open church. Uh, so we'd like to invite anyone who would like to come, come check us out. As she said, we're in worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings and also at 1120. Mm -hmm. Do you have any midweek activity? We have small groups going on right now, but we're all doing the same book study, um, a Bible study uh, by Adam Hamilton called The Words of Life, The Ten Commandments. And we have lots of groups. Some are meeting here at the church. Some are meeting in homes. Christian education and formation is really important. And I think we've got about 70 people right now in that study. So, um Pastor Don was used to doing all church studies, and it just fit very well with our mission as well. So we try to reach out to the community, but we also try to keep ourselves centered on uh, why we are here. What is what is our life about? And um, yeah, we all need to be reminded that um, God is at the center of what we do here. Mm -hmm. And we can't stop growing, so we absolutely mm -hmm. need to keep studying and learning. Mm -hmm. You know, if we stop growing, we're stagnant, and that's okay. not what Christ has called us to do, right? That's right. right. So, Anne, as we close out the program, if somebody's listening today and they would like to contribute to the Labyrinth Project, or if they would like to learn more about how, how maybe they can um, participate in other ways, what would they need to do? They can call the church office at 217-442-1504, uh, and they can put uh, they can be put in touch with me, and I would love to explain to them. As we get closer to this, um, as we continue to raise funds and begin construction, we do plan to have uh, information meetings. Um, some of us may be certified in labyrinths. There are over 6,000 labyrinths in 85 countries worldwide. It's not a strange thing. It is kind of in our community, but it is not something new. But I think our, our folks need to learn more about it, and we will be out there ready to do that. And, um, for example, the Shark Cathedral has over 1.5 million visitors each year. So, And there's Maine, there's Colorado. You know, we just need to bring it closer to home. And we would love to let people know more. We've had some inquiries and we're very thankful for that. Yes, we are looking right. for funds, but every uh, every question does not need to be directed toward fundraising. 
Great. Good information. Well, thank you for being with us again. We've been interviewing St. James today. If you would like to learn more, I think we all know where they're located. You can't miss that big, beautiful church. Thank you for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about Cub Scouts. So join join us in the morning. And until then, I hope you have a good rest of your day. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.